ministers, ministries today in the nation. Pastor Ron, I ministered to 16 countries and 22 states. We've uh, had an effective school and a daycare, food pantry, clothes closet, dozens of weddings, funerals, baby dedications. It has been a good ride. It has been a good ride. And you know what? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Our new facility, we are believing God for that. Just believing that will happen under our watch. And uh, we're excited what God is saying and what God is doing. We love what God is doing through Hope House. Many of you may not know, but we had a ministry for 20 years entitled Eaglets Anonymous where we had a guy program, anywhere from four to eight guys, full-time, 14-month program. Uh, We have seen over 100 young men delivered from drugs, turned their life over to God, and are now in some kind of ministry or they're faithful and committed to the things of God. It has been a uh, it's been a, uh, a a good a good season, not with uh, heartache and and trials. Anytime you're cutting edge, the enemy hates that, and uh, will lie and accuse and try to distract and try to hurt and try to hinder. But I thank God of all of our assets and all of my assets and all of the uh, tools that I have. My greatest assets are Rhonda, Courtney, and Christine. My greatest assets. They uh, have encouraged me and believed in me. And uh, I've raised two very healthy daughters. A little help from Pastor Rhonda. Two healthy daughters and uh, two beautiful grandbabies. Uh, We're just glad for that part of the ride. Um, Just a wonderful, wonderful journey. Uh, I will, Easter Sunday, I will celebrate 36 years of full-time ministry, 30, let's say 30, Pastor Ronnie, if you'll do the math, 35 years of full-time ministry, where for eight years I traveled from nation to nation, country to country, as an evangelist. I love that. If I had my uh, choice, I would still be doing that. I love that. I love going into a different church every Sunday, so I didn't have to hear the gripes and complaints Love them, leave them, preach my best, give them my best two or three sermons, and then go somewhere else. I love that, and uh, I, I, I love that. But I love, I love where God has me now. I'm, I believe I'm in the perfect center of God's will, and I believe I'm doing everything I can for his kingdom. I spent three and a half hours with my pastor, Pastor Billy, and uh, he told me, make sure that uh, don't, uh, don't let your agenda overwhelm your vision. Don't let your calendar overwhelm your vision. Keep your eye on your vision, not on your calendar. And as I woke up this morning in reflection that it was already Sunday, and Matt, it seemed like it was just a few minutes ago, it was Sunday last week. This whole week has blown by, and I'm thinking, what have I done this week to better my vision? What have I done this week to better the ministry? What have I done to improve me, to make me stronger, to make me healthier Time is not our friend. Time, time is blowing by. Uh, it's, it's crazy when you think 30 years and you think all the things that happened in 30 years. Sometimes it feels like it was yesterday that we're at the bread store uh, downtown Cleveland. It seemed like yesterday we were in an eight-week revival at Faith Memorial, over 500 first-time decisions in that revival. And uh, just when you reflect and, and think about what God has done, God has been good. And God has been faithful. If you uh, have a weapon with you this morning, I'd like for you to go with me to 
1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, and we're going to be looking at the 15th verse, 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, and the 15th verse. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're still looking, say stall. Stall, got a few. First Corinthians is right before Second Corinthians, if that helps anybody in the house today. First Corinthians 16, verse 15. I urge, strong word, you brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that is the firstborn of Asia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. The only time the word addiction is found in the Bible is here. It's not found in any other chapter, in any other book, in any other verse. It's found here in 1 Corinthians as the Apostle Paul is bragging on a family that has watched their life and he's watched their successes in ministry. And he completes that scripture with urging us to follow their footsteps, to be addicted to the things of God. In the New King James, it uses the word devoted. From the word devoted, we get the thought of worship. What do you worship today? What are you devoted to? What are you addicted to? I wrote down a few addictions here, Pastor David, that I thought might be a blessing to the house. Number one, are you addicted to to drugs, legal or illegal? Are you addicted to alcohol? Are you addicted to gambling? Are you addicted to, please don't lift your hand, eating? Are you addicted to your job? The only difference between a workaholic and an alcoholic is the spelling. Are you addicted to tobacco? Pastor David and Miss Connie can probably agree with me that as we've walked hundreds through uh, being clean and, and being healthy and being whole, it seemed like the first addiction to enter their life is tobacco, and the last addiction to enter their to remain in their life is tobacco. It is a hook in a jaw that's well hidden. It's a trick of the enemy. It's one of the first steps of addiction. It seems like if you get addicted to tobacco, then you become addicted to drugs or alcohol. I've got shopping. You are addicted to shopping. You're addicted to spending. Please don't lift your hand. You're addicted to spending. You're addicted to profanity. You're addicted to pornography. You're addicted to, and you may be sitting next to somebody that's addicted to this, you're addicted to drama. You are addicted to drama. You are addicted to complaining. You're a whiner. You're addicted to complaining. You're addicted to judging. You judge others. You're addicted to criticism. You're addicted to lying. You're addicted to, and I wasn't going to write this one down, but I did, you're addicted to a hobby, hunting or fishing, or one of those hobbies. You're addicted to sex. You're addicted to, and I wasn't going to write this one down, but it applied to me, so I had to put, I had to be honest. You're addicted to coffee. You are addicted to cutting. We have a generation that is cutting themselves. This is not a new danger. It happened in the Old Testament when Elijah was proving that God was God. The Bible says the prophets of Baal cut themselves. They took instruments and cut themselves and it seems to be a generation that wants to feel pain they are addicted to pain you're addicted to i hear i have here half empty half full you're negative you're addicted to negativity number 21 you're addicted to gossip and the last thing you're addicted to 
money. Money is not evil. The Bible says that money answereth all things, but the love of money is the root of all that's evil. Now, on Facebook, when they give a list of all these things, they usually ask you to lift your hand if you've got three or more. So if you've got three or more on this list, or maybe there's something on this list that I have missed, please let me know after the service, and I'll add it to my list. And if I preach this somewhere else, I'll have, uh, I'll have these notes. I preached Saturday night at Pastor Billy's church. There were six decisions for the Lord. Uh, it was a great altar service, great time, great, a great place. Uh, I am the only guest he has. I'm the only guest he has. When he goes, he'll be leaving in March to preach for uh, Kenneth Culpin. I will be there last Sunday. It's quite an honor. It's quite a privilege. It's a great church. As if you've been around Pastor Billy, you know everything he does. It's got taste, and, and it's good, and it's awesome, and I love being there. But you know what? There's no place like home. Amen. Couldn't wait to get back home to be here with you this morning and celebrate 30 years of ministry. I have a uh, subtitle here that says, how do you know you're addicted? Well, am I addicted? How, how do I determine whether I'm addicted or not? Well, number one, you keep doing it. If you keep doing it, that probably means you're addicted to it. Number two, you can't stop. Probably if you can't stop what you're doing, you're probably addicted to it. Number three, you think about it all the time. It's, it's always on your mind. It's always there in your suitcase. Number four, you manage to finance it. You go without everything else, but you will finance your addiction. Number six, you will hang around with the wrong crowd, wrong voices, wrong choices. Number seven, you go to the wrong places. I had a young man several years ago meet with me struggling with pornography, and he told me that every day on his way home from work, he would stop and get a Coke, and there in that store, it had a rack of pornography, and he was drawn to it like a magnet. And I let him finish talking. I, I simply said, I called him by his name. I simply said, stop going to that store. Just quit going to that store. Quit, you know, well, every time I go up, my friends, I do, well, quit hanging out with your friends. Find new friends. Look at somebody and say, find new friends. Number eight, you are in denial. You are in denial. I am not addicted. Number, number, number nine, you justify your addiction. So in one of, the, one of those nine areas, you can determine whether or not you are addicted. I have a little thought here that says how to break addictions. Number one, to acknowledge that there is a problem. Number two, you speak to your problem. If, if you, let me rephrase this. If you can't acknowledge what, what, what is wrong in your life, get with somebody that can. Get with somebody that, can, that loves you, that cares about you, and says, hey, here's where you're at. If, if, you're, if you're always going to deny that you don't have a problem or lie about your problem or justify your problem, well, I deserve a beer at night. Well, I deserve this. I, I've had a tough day. I've had this. I've had that. If you justify it, you're probably addicted to it, and it's got you. Uh, I have made the statement before. I have caught a shark over 16 foot, probably weighed about 1,200 pounds. I have caught a 300-pound halibut. I've caught a 10-pound bass. I've caught an 80-pound salmon. I've caught a 5-pound trout. I've caught pretty much every fish of the ocean except a whale. And I'm telling you right now, you give me the right rod and reel, you give me the right, you give me the right hook, you give me the right test, I can catch any fish in the open because I depend upon that bait. I know how to throw that out there and make it look so enticing that the fish cannot resist it. Or I throw it out there and make them mad. They attack it. Most times bass are attacking what's in the water. They're not feeding on it. But hidden in that bait is a barbed hook. 
And if you've ever, if you've ever accidentally hooked your sweater or your coat, your blanket, anybody ever hooked a coat? It's like you can't get the barb out. You've got to cut the material to release the hook. And when you are bound by the things of the world, it is a hook in your jaw. There's a barb, and it's probably going to be painful to quit. It's probably going to be painful to get rid of it. It's probably going to be painful to get it out of your system. But once you get out of your system and you walk through healing and, and, whole, and, and wholeness, you're a much better person and you feel a lot better when your head hits the pillow. When you raise up in the morning, you, re, you realize the only thing that I'm addicted to is the gospel and the things of God. Do I have an amen in the building today? I've got some, uh, I've got, uh, some thoughts here on how to... Uh, Obviously, break addiction, speak to your problem, stop hanging around wrong voices, stop going to wrong places, trade your addiction. You can actually trade your addiction. I wrote some things down here that you can be addicted to. Are you ready? You can be addicted to prayer. You can be addicted to praise and worship music. You can be addicted to the word. You can be addicted to worship. I'm preaching good now. You can have such a hunger for the things of God that you love to worship Him, you love to praise Him, you love to pray. The very first Psalm in, in, in the book of Psalms says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate both day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in his season. His leaf also will not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's all by hanging on to that word. God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate thereon day and night, that thou observe to do all that is according to written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. David said, thy words were found, I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. There's just something about being in love with the word of God. There's just something about making the word of God your life, that you live by the standard and you follow the things that the word of God has to say. I found some scriptures here concerning addiction. If my phone will work with me, we'll, we'll see if my phone will work with me. Thank you, Pastor David. Stall a minute. Look at somebody and just say, thank you, Jesus. My phone is not going to work with me. Addicted to the gospel. Where in the Bible does it say addicted to the gospel? Obviously, the devil is manifesting in my phone. I don't even like that song. There you have it. And I can't stop it. Siri, shut up. Say, addicted to the gospel. Push. Can I just search it up? I had it already, but I don't know where it went. There. Give this, give this generation a hand. Try to write these down. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 
No matter what the enemy tries to tempt you with, no matter what the enemy tries to bind you with, the Word of God says that God will walk you through it, sort it out, help you with it, and give you something better in your life. Amen. 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, be, 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 be sober, be vigilant, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Flip Wilson conned the words years and years ago. Josh, do you remember what he said? The devil made me do it. How many remember Flip Wilson from years and years ago? And there'd be a little demon on it. Remember, it showed the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do it, but the devil introduced it to you, presented to you, and wants you to do it. Do I have an amen in the house? James 1 and 12, blesses the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he received the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, but he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. First John 2 and 16, For all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the lust, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but from the world. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, be not deceived, bad company ruins good morals. 1 Peter 5 and 10, after that you've suffered a while, the God of all grace, who has called you to eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. James 4 and 7, submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Aren't you glad? Now, all the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these things I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Scary place to be. Behold, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Proverbs 21, wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler, and whoever is led astray is not wise. There are about 28 other scriptures that deal with addiction, but I'm not going to share them this morning. But I want to tell you, something happens when you make a decision to leave the life you're living and to pursue a new life. And anytime you make a decision to do something new in the kingdom, there's going to be hell to pay. There is going to be challenges, there's going to be roadblocks, there's going to be things in your life that's going to hinder and hurt, but when you walk it all the way through, when you sort it all the way out, when you make a decision, you stand by it, and you live by the decision, things are going to happen in your life. It's called a metamorphosis. God is trying to metamorphing everyone in this house today, and anytime there's a metamorphosis, there is a crushing, there is a pressure, there are frustrations. When I think about the uh, tiny grain of sand that the wave of the sea wedges that grain of sand into the belly of an oyster, that oyster continually tries to regurgitate that sand. It's irritating. It's frustrating. And a lot of times when you do the things of God, it can seem to be irritating. It can be frustrating. It can seem to be costly. It can seem to be time-consuming. But when you make the decision and you make your stand and you decide to let God's process take place, every time that oyster would try to regurgitate that grain of sand, there was a film that surrounded that grain of sand. And eventually through the weeks and the months and the years, that little grain of sand turns into a beautiful pearl which is valued and worn around the neck of ladies. 
Pastor Ron and I have been to Hawaii several times, and any time they open, they guarantee they have, they have oysters, they guarantee a pearl. And I think they were cheap, like five or six bucks. And when they would open that pearl and open that oyster and reveal that pearl, everyone would say, aloha. So you, you, can, have, you can have a life that's full of challenges, frustrations, hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and still turn out and be okay. Look at somebody and say, absolutely. I think about that ugly-looking caterpillar. There's nothing attractive about a caterpillar. And that caterpillar will build a cocoon, and it will hide himself in the belly of that cocoon. And you can't even tell that that, that caterpillar is in there, except the cocoon will move. How many has ever touched a live cocoon? You touched it, and it moved. Who has not ever touched a live cocoon? Okay, we will try next Sunday to find a live cocoon. But in, you can, that cocoon, it, it moves. It, and you can tell there's something going on. Look at somebody and say, there's something going on in my life. I'm going through a purging. I'm going through a cleansing. I'm going through a stretching. God is doing something in my life. And when it's time, that cocoon explodes and a beautiful butterfly emerges and flies. And 28 minutes later, a sparrow eats that butterfly. But at least there was 28 minutes of glory. You got to survive and, and fly the king of the air, the glory. I think about that, that piece of coal that's crushed in the mountain and under the pressure of those rocks moving and, and shaping, that coal turns into a beautiful diamond. I think about gold, the way that pure gold is extracted. It's placed on a fire and it melts and it stirs and, and the workman begins to scrape the, 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 the abscess off the gold. And you know you have pure gold when you look and you see your reflection. Look at somebody and say, I'm striving, I'm striving. to be more like Jesus. To look like him, walk like him, talk like him, act like him, love like him, honor like him, and celebrate heaven like him. That's my goal. That's my purpose. That's what I'm headed for. That's my agenda. That's my plan. That's where I'm going today. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, and your barns will be full and your vats will be overflowing. God is setting you up for a miracle. God is setting you up for a blessing. God is setting you up for promotion. God is setting up. God wants to do something in your life. If you'll get in that vein, if you'll get in that groove, and you can do what God wants you to do, even if it takes change. Change. The scorpion asked the turtle to take him across the river to the other side. The turtle said, no. If I, if I put you on my back, you'll sting me and I would die. And the scorpion said, well, why would I do that? If I sting you and you would die, then I would die. So the scorpion talked to the turtle. The scorpion got on the turtle's back halfway across the river. The scorpion stung the, the turtle. And as they were both sinking to their death, the turtle said, why would you do that? Why would you do that knowing that it would kill you too? And the scorpion said, well, it's what I do. Okay, you need to change what you do. You need to become something else. There's nothing, there's nothing evil about money. There's nothing evil about guns. But in the wrong hands, they can both be evil. God has given you a life full of blessing and favor. God has given you a life full of opportunity. Don't let this week blow by. Don't pursue your calendar. Don't get all caught up in the mandating things that you don't forget to spend some time for yourself, growing and reading and praising and worshiping and allowing God to do what God wants to do in your life. Do I have an amen in this house? I'll give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his goodness and all that he's done.
10 minutes till 12. We're going to beat the Baptist to lunch today. Aren't you glad this morning that, that um, some things have changed in 30 years? I used to preach an hour. We used to worship an hour. But now that we're older and more wiser and more mature, we've learned you only handle about 20 minutes of teaching and worship 20, 30 minutes. It all seems to work. We love what God is doing here, and we love Hope House, and we love our, we love our guests, and we love the doors that, that God has opened. We appreciate the support of uh, Marcus and Joni. Uh, we appreciate the support of, of Perry and Pam. We love, we love this city. Uh, I don't, if I had my choice of where I would live, I would live in Laguna, California, but that's not reality because all I would do there was surf, and a man should not live by surfing alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Shall we pray? You're a great God. You're a God of humor. You're a God of laughter. You're a God of kindness. You're, you're a God of condolences, and we love you. We love serving you. We love being a part. We don't worship you because we're worthy. We worship you because you're worthy. We don't praise you because we're great praisers. We praise you because you are worthy. We refuse to allow the enemy to steal our joy this week. We refuse to allow dumb things that we do weight us down and beat us up. We release it. We turn it loose. We let it go. We're doing a new thing. We're pursuing a new thing. There's going to be new things this week that we're going to grow. We're going to mature. Doors are going to open. We're going to be able to minister to the saints, minister to the house of God, the things of God, the church of God, the word of God. Let this be a great week. In Jesus' name we pray. And you all said, amen.